lunch. Nom, 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 nom. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the City Podcast. I am your host, the one in the lawn. Joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukes I am Mukes. Uh, it is a beautiful October 19th morning here in the city. Episode 102 is about to kick off here. Um, we're a little recovering, obviously, after our three-hour uh, extravaganza on Monday night, heading into Tuesday morning that we're all uh, recovering from. Uh, but we've got a great show ahead of us. We are dropping our Week 7 Power rankings, Aaron's does his power rankings every week, and they always come with a lot of shakeups, a lot of controversy, a lot of chatter. We're going to get into that in just a few moments. Aaron, how goes it today? Good. It's good. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. It's hump day. We're in the middle of the week. Uh, we got a football game tomorrow. We got some uh, NBA action. I know we're not, a, we're not a basketball show anymore or talk basketball anymore, but NBA started. Hockey's underway. Baseball playoffs are going. This is uh, – I believe we did a draft when we were with – I think we were the rough cut still. Um, we did a draft for best sports Yeah, month. we did, we did it for we full sale. Yeah, so um, – and the best sports month was October because I said it was. And here we are. And everybody loves it. We got the NBA, we got the <laughs> NHL, we got the NFL, we got the Major League Baseball playoffs. So if you're a fan of any sport, right now is the time. You have, if you want to go deeper, you have NASCAR playoffs going on. You got, you got, you, you got everything. You, you got, you got everything. There's not a sport that's not going on right now, and that's yeah. the uh, that's the beauty of October. It's the uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I think the the kids say nowadays that's what the kids say nowadays uh, yeah and, and it's funny thursday thursday will be uh the 26th ever sports equinox where we have all four of the major sports going on uh baseball basketball hockey and football you get that uh th that on thursday which i mean it's it's great it's it's great um hopefully we have a better the, the way the thursday night football games have been going on uh hopefully the nfl can compete with uh playoff baseball hockey rolling through and the NBA rolling through because those Thursday night games have been tough to watch. Uh, but we got the Saints and uh, <laughs> Vinny just roll over. It doesn't matter just, what just the game is. It. It, it doesn't matter Football what the game king. is. I know. The, I know. the NFL is going to get their viewers. Yeah, that's fair. That, that that's fair. But either, either way, we got Saints Cardinals on our Thursday night preview. We'll do that to cap the show today. Uh, but let's get into some morning headlines before we get into our power rank. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the morning headlines here. We're going to kick things off with Aaron, your Dallas Cowboys, and Jerry Jones. Well, not really your Dallas Cowboys. Really the owners in general saying... Sorry, two owners in general, Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft, uh, basically saying it into the owners' meeting, saying, "Don't fuck with." This is the, this is the, uh, assume this is uh, this is obviously talking and referring to the um, the Dan Snyder report, saying that he said, "Hey, I'm I've got dirt on you." Basically, no, this this isn't what. Okay, what is it about? What is it about, Aaron? Jesus, I knew I should have added more detail. Where where do you live under a rock? You, I, what is what? I do I do I've I've been very busy I've been very busy oh. I, I probably should let you do the morning headlines today. Uh, okay, so this is not and nothing to do with Daniel Snyder. This was Jerry Jones telling Robert Kraft, "Don't fuck with me." They they were having a heated exchange at these meetings uh. because because of the new contract that they want to give Roger Goodell. If people don't know, NFL owners voted on Tuesday thirty one to one to permit their compensation committee to open negotiations on a new contract with Roger Goodell. But of course, two of the most powerful owners, that's Jerry Jones and that's Robert Kraft engaged in a, a little argument. Um, basically Kraft was okay with the majority saying strong support for opening up negotiations for that contract. And uh, the only person that did not was Jerry Jones. And eventually they started arguing and Jerry Jones basically told Robert Kraft directly to his face. Don't fuck with me. Um, that's my owner. That's my owner. The king of the NFL, despite what anybody thinks, 
You want to know who's really running the NFL? Jerry Jones is running the NFL because that man is is a genius. Um, now, listen, it's just funny to me. Two, I'm going to be real honest. Two old white dudes arguing over contract extensions for a for an owner uh, yelling, don't fuck with me. Yeah, say, you know, going at it. I just wish I was a fly on the wall and saw that exchange because I would have been <laughs> rolling. You remember the show Celebrity Deathmatch? That's uh, what I, I need right now. I need a Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, Celebrity Deathmatch. That's what I need right now. I, I, I need that in my life. Um, all right. Well, let me see if I can, uh, let me see if I can do uh, better on the next headline here. Uh, former wide receiver for, he played for the Eagles. Played, played for a lot of teams before. Deshaun Watson is signing a one-year deal with the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are a little banged up at the wide receiver position. Obviously, Rashad Bateman has been battling uh, his injuries over the past two weeks. They're now bringing in uh, Deshaun Jackson to possibly stretch the field a little bit for Lamar Jackson in that offense. Um, he has not played in, in a little bit now, but he will come in. And uh, what do you think his impact is going to be on, on this Ravens team? Do you think, the, if any, impact? Irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Um, I highly doubt that Deshaun Jackson is still fast enough to stretch the field in that way. I'm sure Devin Duvernay is probably faster at this point. He's a guy that could already stretch the field. Um, this is just a veteran presence that is um, adding adding some uh, again some depth piece to to a Baltimore Ravens obviously receiving core without Rashad Bateman. I think this speaks to more about Rashad Bateman and whether he's actually. Uh, healthy enough to play so um you know good for deshaun jackson not wanting to hang it up just yet but i don't think this has a huge impact on what they're going to do in baltimore uh being that he's he's 35 he's almost as old as i am and uh, i don't i don't know that he has the juice left um that he, that he had when he was 25 i'm sure he's still fast i'm sure he's still fast i'm sure he's staying in good shape but it's the nfl it's a young man's sport especially at the position uh skill positions and um I think it's more just a veteran guy. They need some more depth. Bring him in there. I don't think it's a huge impact. Yeah, I, I think I think the Baltimore Ravens are searching for is just a little bit of that next level on offense. I think they've been uh, struggling as of not not struggling as of late in terms of like it's still Lamar Jackson, still Mark Andrews. They're still doing their thing, um, but there's still that missing piece that they're searching to find. And I think they're without being with Bateman has been huge for them. Um, they're trying to find ways to say, okay, let's not just focus on Mark Andrews and focus on Lamar Jackson up front. Um, the Ravens are trying to get something as a, a deep threat. And obviously the March, uh, Deshaun Jackson's a little bit older, um, but he does bring that maybe brings that speed. Hopefully he can bring that speed um, to stretch field for the Ravens. That's, that's where I think that um, this puts that team uh, one last news. This is about, Dan Snyder, correct? This is about this is about the Snides thing. Uh, yes. Jim Irsay, the owner of the uh, Indianapolis Colts, comes out, makes a statement regarding the Snyder issues, saying there is merit to remove him as an owner. There has been a lot of chat. This is not even just like the headline isn't even just the Irsay comments. This should be the entire headline should just be the the development Dan Snyder versus the world kind of th uh, story. Because even after Ursay came out and said what he said, Dan Snyder came, comes out and basically says there was an ESPN article that was put out that was completely false. He's offended by it. Uh, it it's, it's ridiculous, the comments that were said. And then Ursay says what he says. This is just this is going to get messy between Dan Snyder and really the entire NFL because it's him against the world at this point. Uh, your thoughts on, on this news here? Uh, he's got to go. Snyder's got to go. And I don't care that, you know, whatever Snyder has done from that hurt people's feelings. I don't care. I mean, I, I don't say I don't care. Um, there's obviously been some misconduct in that organization that we should care about the sexual allegations, the, the treating of women. And like, I'm not saying I don't care about those things. What I'm saying is that innocent or guilty on the, on, on that front, I, I'm, that's not why I'm saying he should be removed one way or the other. That if that, if that played a part, yes, he should be removed because of that. He should just be removed because he's a bad owner. He's just a bad owner of a football franchise. That too. They're irrelevant. They don't know. They're, they're not uh, doing anything to better the NFL. They're just bringing more controversy. Um, he's not great at signing players. Um, and then you have all the misconduct stuff. That just adds to it. It's just a, 
why would the NFL, who's been so adamant on protecting the brand, protecting the shield, um, allow this to continue, to continue to be a black eye or a stain on the league? Um, just if anything, just the general topic of conversation and discussion we have to have about Daniel Snyder and the Washington Commanders slash football team slash Redskins because they don't want to change their name because they offended people. They It should be removed just because of that. So um, forget the success. Forget the... The, the misconduct allegations, just everything in totality says that this guy just doesn't need to be an owner if, in the NFL. If this was a player, if this was a player in the NFL that had this stuff going on, he would be out of the NFL or there would be some type of conduct going where he is not playing football anymore and actively do, performing his duties. And that would, that would be the case if it was, if Dan Snyder was a player, but obviously he's not, he's got some money. Uh, this is going to be an ongoing situation that's going to uh, be in be in headlines for for a little bit now. But um, that's our morning headlines. Let's get into our injury report. It's time for that week seven injury report. Um, you know, there's always a lot of injuries. Leading into the week, it's Wednesday, so there's going to be a lot of people that are missing practice today, but we will we will keep our eye out for that. Let's start with Russell Wilson. Monday night, played against the Chargers. Uh, we know about the shoulder injury, and now he has an MRI on his hamstring, hamstring scheduled. Uh, more bad news for the Denver Broncos, I guess. Who knows? Um, he hasn't played that well, but now with the ham, now with the hamstring injury and the shoulder injury, you have to imagine that there's going to be some time where he's going to need to recover. Hopefully, he can be back on the field. Russ, Russell doesn't miss games very often and throughout his career. He's been a pretty tough guy, so um, I expect him to continue to try to play through it if he can. Uh, but that is definitely something to watch. Uh, obviously, a lot of his effectiveness is on his elusiveness. Uh, Chris Olave came out and said he will play Thursday night. He had the concussion. Um, I don't know that he's been cleared through concussion protocol or and that's his choice. Um, but um, if it's up to him, it sounds like he'll play. So uh, that's good news for Chris Olave and the Saints. They get a weapon back. But again, ultimately, it's going to come down to the doctor saying, hey, you're clear from concussion protocol and you can actually play. Uh, so that's uh, that's good news for the Saints there. Um, the Bucks Logan Ryan on IR now with foot surgery. Um, that injury came about as of last week. He is now heading to IR. He is going to um, go through foot surgery, and he will miss at least four weeks. Um, they do expect him back at some point in time this season. Dustin Hopkins, the hero, Monday night's hero for the, the field goal kicker uh, from, from Monday night. Made four kicks with a hamstring injury. Fell down every time he kicked it. Well, now he's going to miss two to four weeks. Um, so we have to, we have to look for more kickers now. Again, we always have these teams that kind of cycle through kickers. The chargers will be that newest team looking for one as we power through week seven. There's a couple of updates that I wanted to give. Um, Deandre Swift had his bye week He should be ready to go, um, this week. Hopefully that was kind of the plan all along. Dak Prescott, the plan is to practice today and um, practice in full and see where that hand feels after that. So we expect some more clarity as to whether he will actually go on Sunday. We do expect that to happen. Um, and then Damian Harris practiced in a limited fashion. Um, he should try to ramp it up again this week and see if he can get in there for week seven. Um, if not, it'll be a Ramondre Stevenson show once again for New England. Ooh. These injury reports, they're just adding up, man. Just adding up. Everything's building. Everything's building and building. Um, good shit. Good stuff. Uh, that does it, though, for our injury report. We've got a power rankings show. We've got power rankings to talk about uh, and to get into. We do we do it how we do it. Uh, 32 teams. We rank them all. Aaron takes the time to, to make this happen. We review and we talk biggest risers, biggest fallers in them. And uh, let's, let's just get right into it. 25 through 32 here uh, with the Carolina Panthers now taking the new spot at 32 as the worst team in the NFL. The Bears bump up one to 31. Commanders at 30. Texans at 29. Steelers at 28. Lions fall two spots after bye week uh, at 27. The Browns right here. This is the this is the big one. Six spots to 26. And the Broncos have now entered the 25 
the 32 tier for the first time this season. Uh, they are at 25. Let's start things off with the biggest faller in this group here. It's the Cleveland Browns now falling six spots, Aaron. Uh, what, I mean, obviously they lost this past week against the New England Patriots in tough fashion, but what are you seeing from the Browns that makes you think that they got to they gotta fall this far? Um, it's not that they got them. They have to. They, they have. They've just fallen. Um, if you look at the beginning of the season, we had hope. We had hope for Cleveland that we, they were going to be able to maintain – uh, they were started out two and one. They blew that game against the Jets. It easily could have been three and zero. Oh. Uh, we we thought they could maintain while Deshaun Watson was out. And then you look at the last three weeks, and they've fallen to three teams that they maybe should have won. Um, two of those games close with the Chargers and the Falcons, but also teams that I, I felt like as a complete team. When we talk about what Cleveland had and what they were possibly Super Bowl contenders, if you just plug in Deshaun Watson instead of Jacoby Brissett, you have to find a way to win some of those games. Um, and I know it's a tough Atlanta team, and but and they're not very talented, but they they play tough. But Cleveland's supposed to be more talented, and they should win that game with Jacoby Brissett, who's a game manager, just like the guy on the Atlanta Falcons side, but has better talent around him. So they lose that game. They go and lose to the Chargers after running for 200 plus yards. The defense is unable to stop the run themselves. Um, so you worry about that defense with all those names on it that can't perform, and then they get shellacked by a Bailey Zappi led. Um, New England Patriots team, who we also don't think is a very good team in the end. And now you're staring at a, a two and four record and you go play Baltimore, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Bills and the Bucks, the next four games. So um, it's it's about a little bit of foreshadowing, but understanding that this Cleveland team is not as good um, of a roster as people think they are. They This is what happens every year. We're so quick to say, oh, great roster. They're going to be good. Sometimes it's just names. How many teams this year have been disappointing because of names? We talked about the Chargers. We talked about now Cleveland. Um, we've said it for a number of years about Dallas with the great roster that they have all the time. Like rosters are cute. That's cool. That Yeah, you got a great yeah. team on paper, but can you bring it all together? And Cleveland hasn't brought it all together. Despite having a backup quarterback, I expected more. Um, and Joe Kobe Brissett has not been game managing. He's actually been costing them games, so. Yeah, and that's how it's been. That's the difference between like it's it started off with the Browns. They were climbing our rankings and surprising us because of of the they were winning these games. And I think that we're seeing more and more that now when Nick Chubb is not as effective, this team cannot do anything. And it's it's interesting to me when you talk about like the names on paper. It's like this defense. There's so many names on paper, and it, you give up 38 points to Bailey Zappi. I'm mean, not not to dis not not to disrespect the Zapster here, but I mean. That's that's that this is not okay with with the amount of talent that you have on that defense that we talk about. We talk about Denzel Ward getting the bag and Miles Garrett being that dude, and you have Javon Clowney, and you draft these guys, and it's like, where is it? Like, eventually, you there's you can't you can only live so long on the on the names that you bring in. You have to start doing things on the field. And sure, when Deshaun Watson comes back, we expect a difference from this team, but. It, it it's not looking it's not looking like this team outside of what Watson could bring is going to be doing that much, especially when you're allowing 38 points to the, to the New England Patriots offense. And I, I'm so it's not going to matter is, if you're two and nine or three and three and yeah. eight. Like it's yeah. not a matter what Sean Watson does. Yeah, and you were we were hoping, and then the Browns were hoping that you could be so you could have a band aid with with. Um, with, with Watson or with Brooks being your quarterback, but that's not the case. One other name on this list here uh, that Bailey brings up in the comments is the commanders being last and them not being last. What went into the Panthers at 32 and the commanders actually going to 30? Um, not a whole lot. The Panthers don't have a quarterback. They don't have anybody. Um, despite what you may feel about the Washington commanders, um, their roster is still their roster. And Taylor Heineke has played in this league. It's not a, um, it's not a guy that we haven't seen before. Taylor Heineke has had good moments in this league. He's won some games. He's been in the playoffs before. Uh, Carolina has nothing at the quarterback position. Nothing. Nothing. No Baker Mayfield. No Sam Darnold. No who, who's the guy they drafted. Um, Matt Corral. No, um, no P.J. Walker. Like, P.J. Walker died. Like, everybody's dead on the Carolina Panthers. They have no, they have no quarterback. Uh, their defense is underachieved. They got rid of their head coach. Their offensive line is suspect. The only thing that they have, DJ Moore hasn't played well. The only thing that they have is Christian McCaffrey and JC Horn and a couple of, and Brian Burns, like yeah. a couple of players on defense that are making plays and Christian McCaffrey. And they just don't have anything. They look like the worst team 
They play like the worst team. They are the worst yeah. team. And, and that's saying a lot when you have the Bears uh, there as well. But the Bears have Justin Fields. And at times, Justin Fields can do spectacular things. He's the quarterback. He touches the ball every play. Carolina doesn't have that. With Washington, they have a little bit more talent. Uh, I trust them a little bit more than I trust Carolina. Uh, and they've shown that they've won a, won, won a game or so. Uh, Carolina just is, is, is awful. Carolina They're is a mess right now. They need to blow that whole thing up, start over, and, and try something else. Um, one in five on the year. I had high hopes for them when they got Baker Mayfield. I tried. I tried, Bailey. I tried to give Baker Mayfield a chance. And look where we're at. This yeah. is where we're at. Well, it's funny because I mean, you look at you look at these the 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 bottom uh, quarter of, the, of this power rankings here, and you look at the quarterbacks of these of these teams. <laughs> no dead no quarterback in Carolina. Justin Fields, Taylor Heineke slash Carson Wentz, Davis Mills, Kenny Pickett slash Mitch Trubisky, Jared Goff, Jacoby Brissett, and a shitty Russell Wilson. Like it, it goes to like. You you are where you are because of your quarter. Like your quarterback is a very big part, and it's that's not news to anybody, or it shouldn't be news to anybody. But that's how it shaped up in this NFL nowadays, and that's how it is. Twenty five through thirty two. Let's move on to seventeen through twenty four. Here, the Patriots moving up into this tier, uh, moving into twenty four. Colts twenty three. Saints staying put at twenty two. Raiders falling to two spots. Cardinals falling five spots. Here we go. Some biggest, some of your biggest fallers and some of your biggest risers. Packers nine spots to nineteen. Falcons up eight, uh, three spots to eighteen, and the Seahawks to seventeen, moving up six spots. There's two teams we got to talk about here, uh, and I'm going to let you decide here. I'm going to let you decide on which one you want to start with first. Your two, your biggest riser is the Seahawks in this in your power rankings. Your biggest faller in this in this power rankings is is Green Bay Packers. Do you which? Which team stands out to you the most? Like, which rise is the rise that stands out to you more, or the fall of the Packers that stands out to you more? I mean, it has to be the Packers. That's the team that we we saw as Super Bowl contenders. I mean, um, despite what you want to say about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers coming into this year, I don't think anybody really thought the loss of Devontae Adams would look like this. I think people still thought, hey, they'd be they'd have a chance to win the NFC North, even if you thought Minnesota might end up being a better team this year. You didn't think that the Packers had were in jeopardy of not making the playoffs. And then watching them through now through six weeks, you're like, would it surprise you if the Packers didn't make the playoffs? No, because their offense is that bad. Um, they can't score. They can't move the ball. They're turning the football over, which is uncharacteristic, and they're not getting turnovers. So this is a worrisome um, – this is the most worrisome team on, on the list in general. When you when you look at what we expect from an Aaron Rodgers team, and they went on that three-game winning streak, but they beat the Bears, they beat the Bucks, who haven't played well, they beat the Patriots, barely. Uh, but then you lose back-to-back to the Giants and Jets. And, yes, albeit they're better teams, the Giants and Jets are better teams this season, um, it doesn't – look good for going forward when you have to play teams that are those middle tier teams as, as far as just giving you wins. Yeah. Maybe you come this week and you beat the commanders and it's a get right game, but you're on the road for the next three weeks and you also got to go play the bills. And then you have a division matchup with the lions. Should you win that game? Sure. So maybe you win two of the next three and we're rethinking how we feel about the green Bay Packers, but then you play the Cowboys and the Titans and the Eagles. And then we're right in, back and in having that conversation like, Oh no, you just lost another three games in a row because you couldn't beat these good teams. And then the Bears come to town. So I feel like it's this it's this up and down season for the Packers, and we're not used to seeing that from them. Matt LaFerre's won 13 games every year he's been there. They've only lost three games and four games respectively um, in the time that he's been there. So this is uncharted waters for, for Green Bay and this, this offense and what this team has been. And I think you see the frustration in Aaron Rodgers. I think you see the frustration in Matt LaFleur. Rodgers saying they need to simplify things. LaFleur saying, what well, I don't know what that means. Um, there is a little – there's a little turmoil there that is not bad. I'm not saying they're fighting. I'm not saying it's just, you can see it's not one cohesive unit. It's not a team. It's not, yeah. they're not all on the same page. They're not working in one in unison. It, and, and for the green Bay Packers, that is rare. Like despite not winning championships every year, we used to, we just count Oh, Packers will be in the playoffs. Oh, the Packers are fine. We'll see if they can beat the Niners in the playoffs. And they, if they lose, they lose or they win, they win. We get on them then, but the regular season Packers, we never question them. We never question where they're going to finish. And I think this year is the yeah. first time in a while where we can actually question where that finish is. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, it's just, there's a big disconnect with this team right now. And like, it's not, we, you talk about the solutions of it and we talk about it in our previews and our recaps, what, what they need to do to get going. And it's, it's really, I mean, this, this offense is, is so inefficient and the, the, the disconnect is there between Aaron Rodgers, the play calling, the players that are there, your, your personnel. It's, it's just a complete disconnect between the Packers as a whole uh, and really winning football games. Uh, so they do fall nine spots here um, as a team that was in the top eight, I believe, to start the season now really farther down on the list. Uh, the other ri- the, the other side of this coin is the riser on your uh, 17 through 24, and it's the Seattle Seahawks jumping up six spots now to 17. The Geno Smith-led Seattle Seahawks moving up those six spots. What have you seen from them that's, uh, that's making you believe, okay, this team is, is a borderline playoff team at this point? Well, the offense has looked a lot better than we gave gave it credit for. And we knew they had the weapons with um, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And you say, okay. And then you have some excitement over Rashad Penny and what he was able to do last year. And you go draft a Kenneth Walker, who's stepped up over the last couple of weeks. So you expect big things from him. But you always question Geno Smith. And now you look at an offense that's, you know, eighth in the league in scoring, and which nobody – if you if I told you week one, hey, man, Seattle's going to be the eighth, eighth in points per game, you would have been like – uh, you're smoking, you're smoking crack. You're on something with Geno Smith and Drew Locke as your quarterback options. Um, the offense has been good. And Pete Carroll said he felt confident in this offense and that he thought they were a good team. And lo and behold, Pete Carroll was right. Um, they're, they're averaging 125 yards game on the ground. Geno's throwing the ball, flinging the, flinging the rock. Like they're top, they're in the top half of the league in passing yards per game and rushing yards per game. They just find ways to get it done. And it's not like these are hollow points. These aren't just, oh, Kirk Cousins stats in the past where you're playing from behind all the time and you have to you have to get those numbers in order to just come back and people are playing soft defense. Like they're winning games. They're ahead in these games and they're still able to move the ball. They're ahead and they're not taking their foot off the gas. They're continuing to try to score. And even when they've struggled at times to score those points, they've moved the ball, gotten a field goal range and put points on the board. And I think that's the biggest thing with Seattle's, I didn't know how much they were going to be able to score. And then you're one of the top scoring teams in the league. Like even yeah. that week one, we questioned it. You won 17 to 16, but we're like, ah, eh, that offense, they only scored 17 points. Denver didn't play well, but then you, then you score seven points. And since then it's been 23, 48, 32 and 19 against the Cardinals, but your defense stepped up. So they've been able to score points. Their defense has played well when they needed to, and you sit at 500 and that's a win for Seattle. So you know, you can look at it and say, oh, they're just three and three. Well, half the league is three and three. And this is a team we didn't expect to be here. Pete Carroll has done an excellent job building this roster and getting them to buy in to what he believes in. And that's just that excitement. They're young and they're winning games they shouldn't. And they're in games that they shouldn't be in. And they continue to rise because they're playing good football. Could change. But right now they're playing good football. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to give credit where, where the credit is due. And I think that this is a team that like, we talked about it before that like when you're with your, with your quarterback position, like your Carson Wentz, your Baker Mayfield, those type of guys that, and then even Jacoby Brissett, who lately, these are guys that are trying to win you those games. These are trying, these are guys that are pl- trying to play outside of their skill set, and it costs you games. Pete Carroll is not asking, asking that from Geno Smith. That's not what's being asked of from this offense. There, this his team as a whole is not being asked to do anything that's outside of their skill set. They're playing to what their strengths are. They know what their weaknesses are. They're not putting those on full display. They're they're like you said, they're at the top half of the league in a lot of categories that are coming as a surprise to a lot of us. And they're just playing simple football, and it's the right way to play and right way to win these games uh, for Seattle. This is a team though that we had. Losing a lot of games this season, they're now they're they're now at five, a five hundred team. Uh, I'm going to play this game with you, Aaron. First time on this show. What do you think they're like when when you look at their schedule? What what do you think they end up being? What what where like these game the, the next games that they have they have uh they have what what are we in? So they have the Chargers, the Giants, the Cardinals, the Bucks, and they're by like could this team make the playoffs? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, they could. 
Uh, I'll tell you this. They could also – I picked them to win four games at the end of the season. They could also have four wins at the end of the season. That's fair. <laughs> like uh, That's fair. I, I mean, like there's no game. There's no game on their schedule, their, their remaining schedule, outside of Carolina where I look at and I say, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're handling business. The Chargers, meh. Could they beat them? Sure. But are they? Yeah. I don't know. The Giants, the Cardinals again. They they maybe the Cardinals, but D hopped back and it's in Arizona. Never know. Then you get the Bucks, Raiders, Rams. Good luck. Those are gonna be tough games. Yeah. Then you get Carolina, then you get the Niners, Chiefs, Jets, Rams. Like these, this is the type of team, honestly. I don't know what I have a 17, 16. Yeah, 17. Maybe if Lovell's going on and they could be a Cinderella story, maybe they go eight and nine or nine and eight and, and shock the world and go 500. That's cool. Like I, I can see that happening, but I can also see them only winning one or two more games this year. And we wouldn't think twice about it. We'd be like, oh, yeah, that's kind of who we thought they were at the beginning of the season. But they were fighting. They played yeah. tough. The games are going to be closer. They're not a blowout now. Like I don't look at those other teams and think they're just going to come in and blow out Seattle either. So um, yeah. do they have winnable games on that schedule? Yes. Do Am I going to pick them in those games? Probably not. Probably uh, not. I still have questions about the defense, and and Gino's going to have to show me as the season moves throughout. Because I I as much as I've praised him now for over the past couple of weeks for playing well, there's still that Gino in the back of my head. Like, hey, I've seen this guy before. Well, when's when it's going to drop? And and you never know. It's the same thing with 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 what happened with Jacoby Brissett. They started off great, and we we're like, okay, they're they're doing what they need to do to win. And but eventually, eventually, you are who you are. And, and 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 it's not to say the Seattle Seahawks can't be above uh, above 500 team and pull off upsets, but it's just not. I mean, they're look. You look at their three wins right now. They got air. They beat Arizona. They beat uh, who else did they beat? They beat Arizona. Denver. They beat Atlanta, and de- they, they beat, beat Denver. Denver. And so Those it's like good teams. Yeah. So it's it, it, but they're they're wins, and it's not. And we're not taking anything away from them. They do deserve to be right there uh, at that 17 spot. One last look at your uh, one last look at your 17 through 24 here. Colts move up the five spots after beating the Jaguars, and the Cardinals move down five spots after losing uh, to those Seattle Seahawks. Um, are those two teams you want to d- discuss? Or is that is that a, are those notable moves? Or you want to move on to your uh, to your you know, eleven? It, it really it really is the middle the middle tier of this um, power rankings. I mean, even beyond the middle tier, when you get really outside that top. I don't know, 15, 14, 13, uh, where I think you're a playoff teams right now. They're all the same. They're all can win games and they all could lose games. They're all like, blah, they're all two and four, three and three, uh, four, you know, whatever, uh, four and two. Like they're all right there record wise. And then you watch them play and you're like, this team could beat a good team and then lose to a bad team. Nobody's really been very consistent in the NFL outside of a few teams. And I think that's, really what's most telling a lot of times we have top heavy like you think back to last year just last year the bills the chiefs uh the bucks the rams the packers the cowboys like they all like just i'm quick division the titans those were all good football teams at the beginning like it wasn't like we were questioning anything about them that was what six seven teams i just named you go look at our top seven now and we're like huh i can find three the bills the chiefs the eagles like Maybe the Vikings you throw there. Like there's there's some teams that are it, it's just more questions about teams this year. I think there like we talked about the parody in the league before, and I think that's just what it speaks to is that these good teams aren't really complete. They're not they're not at the upper echelon like we are used to seeing, but there's more middle of the road teams where anything can happen uh, this year. And I think that's an interesting uh kind of storyline because if you get anything from eight, seven, eight maybe even six or five, all the way to 25. We're not shocked if yeah. they win a game. We're not, whether it's against a good team or a bad team. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the, like the just the fact that the change that we've seen. I mean, you look at this 17 through 24, none of these – I mean, the Saints were at six to start the season. The Seattle Seahawks were at 29 to start the season, like or 30 to start the season, I should say. The Falcons were the worst team in the league at 32. Like, Packers were super – like, there's so much change. And it's just so much fluctuating within all those teams. But then there's just the top dogs that are just staying put and it, it's consistent throughout our power, throughout the power rankings. Uh, let's go into nine through 16 here though. The Jaguars stay put at 16. The dolphins move up two spots to 15, the jets four spots to 14, the Rams at 13, the Titans at 12, the chargers at 11 and the bucks at 10. 
and the uh, the Bengals there at at nine. I, I believe we lost about three three or four subscribers uh, after that Tuesday show after we talked about the Bengals. Um, well, here you go, Bengals. They're at number nine. Obviously, you're not throwing them a bone here. Uh, they, they deserve to be moved up two spots. Uh, but let's talk. Let's start off things with the Jets, though. Let's start off with the Jets. They move up four spots. This has been a team that you talk about surprises. They've been surprising everyone. Uh, your thoughts on on the Jets this season? Yeah, they've been able to score points, and we knew. We knew that Robert Sala would have this defense. Like we knew that I don't think there was ever a doubt, despite how bad they were last year. Like I don't think there was ever a doubt that Robert Sala would get this defense right. Um, you draft Sauce Gardner. Look at the look at what he's been able to do as a as a lockdown corner. Um, you get some some help up front. Um, I know Jermaine Johnson's been out, but they've had they've had some depth pieces there. They've been able to play well defensively because Robert Sala is a defensive-minded coach. We wondered where they'd be able to score. So they go surround Zach Wilson with a bunch of weapons. They start the season with him out. Joe Flacco's on the field. But they've been able to score. Uh, no matter how it's been done, it ain't Zach Wilson throwing for 300 yards. But right behind Seattle, as far as points per game, it's the New York Jets, um, which is which is crazy. You look at points per game, you have the Raiders, the Browns, the Falcons, the Seahawks, and the Jets in that group. And you're like, ew, what is going on in the NFL? But they're there. And so – I don't think it's a I don't think it's a fluke. I think it's a culture build that Robert Sala has instilled in that locker room and it's paying dividends. It's showing that it's coming true. It's it's who the Jets want to be. And I, I think when you have a coach with a mindset like that and his ability to coach and and get the best out of his players, you're going to see success. And now you have the Jets at four and two for the first time in forever. And it's not uh it's not a fluky four and two. Uh, and I want to like the difference when we talk about like the fluky teams that win games. Like we thought the giants were fluky and now we're like, well, maybe they're not yeah. fluky, but the, the jets are not a fluky team. It's not like they've, they've, they played week one against the Baltimore Ravens. And I watched that game. And at the end, it looked like it was a blowout. It was 24 to nine. But when you watch the game, it was like, dude, that they, they gave Baltimore everything they could handle. And Baltimore was a quote, Super Bowl team at the time. Um, with Joe Flacco. They lose to the, with Joe Flacco at quarterback, they lose to the Bengals with, Joe Flacco at quarterback. They make the comeback against the Browns. They beat the Dolphins, the Steelers, and the Packers three straight in convincing fashion, mind you. Not like in Pittsburgh, late drive, Zach Wilson gets it done. Goes to my, you know, at home against Miami, dominates. Comes back and goes to Green Bay, Lambeau Field, where Aaron Rodgers never loses. Sloppy conditions, and they put it on the Packers. And it's not like fluky wins it's actual legit football wins and you start looking at them a little bit differently now and sitting at four and two that um it, it's funny isn't it how certain divisions that are looked as bad for so long how one year can change like you look at the afc east now nobody thought like maybe outside of miami when they got Tyreek hill and buffalo obviously being the best team in football uh but you're like oh the jets and the patriots didn't look that good you're like yeah and now you look at them and they're all sitting at 500 or above. And then you go over to the NFC East and you look at that division. And you're like, outside of Washington, arguably the best division in football. And we were all we could talk about was the AFC West and the NFC West. And those divisions, you're like, eh, they're not very good. Like, it's uh, it's funny how six weeks can can change things. And the Jets have uh, come a long way. So they deserve to keep raising, uh, rising in the power rankings. Yeah, I think I think with the Jets, it's a similar thing when I talk about with the Seahawks. It's like there's they're not doing, they're not, they're not playing above what they are. Like they're not playing, or they're not, not to say that they're not playing above what they are. They're not playing outside of what their skill sets are. I mean, they're slowly progressing with Zach Wilson. They're not trying to make him say, okay, Zach Wilson, you need to throw the ball 40 times a game and go out there and win us a football game. They're simplifying things. And that's what's been the key for the Jets to me is they're, they're letting Brees Hall carry the rock and be able to lead this offense. Their their defense has been stepping up. They've been letting their defense obviously do their damn thing with Sauce Gardner and and what they have over there. I mean, this is a team that's again not playing above their is that is that the pro, the proper term? Not playing above their means. Like this is a team that knows what they are. They're playing to their skill set and they're and they're looking good. It's not a simplifying. It's not a overcomplicated system here. That's what it is with the Jets. I, I think. I understand what you're saying. I'm not sure if that's the way to word it, but yeah, sure. Something along those lines. 
Something along yeah. those lines. The Jets, though, doing good, playing good football. Uh, they belong where they are uh, in your power rankings here. Now, there's some teams in the rest of this group here that I, I want to bring up. The The Chargers have not moved far out of their their spot in this middle of the, the pack NFL. They, they started the season off pretty much right around the same spot. The Chargers in our early power rankings were 11. They are at 11. They really, there's not much changing going on with them. Then you got the Rams. They've been there for a little bit now. They've been there for two weeks straight in this area. The Titans are now in this area a lot. Which team in this middle group kind of stands out to you the most as like, okay, they can, they can do something here. Like they're here, but they're, they have a chance to really surprise, not surprise people, but win it all at the end of the day. Well, none of the three teams that you mentioned, um, the Chargers, the Titans, and the Rams are all meh. They're there because they are meh, and I don't think they get better, and I don't think they get worse. They're going to win enough games because they're talented, but they're not going to win against the good teams in the playoffs when it matters because they have gaping deficiencies. The Rams have a gaping hole on the offensive line. The Chargers have a gaping hole on the offensive line, and the Titans just don't have enough playmakers to win it all. So none of those teams have a chance to win it all. Um, there's two teams on this list that do have a chance to win it all. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and it's the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's why they're at 10, nine and 10 um, because the Cincinnati Bengals, if everything goes right, like last year and they can get the offensive line to perform the way it needs to perform, they have the skill set, the roster, the ability to get to the Super Bowl and now win it, obviously getting there last year, they have the ability to get there. We've seen that, uh, but it has to come together again. So do they have the ability? Yes. Tampa Bay has the GOAT. They always have the ability. I don't care who else yeah, is yeah. around. Until he retires, Tom Brady has a chance to win a Super Bowl. So I don't care how bad they're playing. I, until they're eliminated from the playoffs, I don't care. I might move them up and down in my power rankings all day long, but I'm telling you the same thing every week. Tampa Bay has a chance to win a Super Bowl every year because they have Tom Brady, and he always finds a way. I'm not saying they are going to win it. I'm not picking them. I don't have them as the best team in the NFC, but I'm also never counting them out. So yep. those two teams, the, the sleeper team, I guess you could say, would be the Miami Dolphins if Tua comes back healthy and can stay healthy. Um, because yeah. I do think they have the requisite weapons. I do think that defense is better than what they've been playing. When you have a Xavier Howard and Byron Jones healthy and you add a Javon Holland back there and, and you get that defense right and that secondary right, um, I think that's a difference maker on the offensive side of the football. And I think they're a much better team with Tua at quarterback. And I think it's been proven now. So if he can stay healthy, which I, I worry about, I'm not going to lie. Uh, concussion like that one hit could put Tua out again. And yeah. you could be in the same situation you were before. And they're obviously not very good with their backups. So, um, but if I had to pick a surprise team there, it would be the, it would be the Dolphins. Okay. All right. Let's dive into your top eight here. No changes up at the top. Chiefs number one, Bills number two. We do have changes everywhere else with four new teams. Uh, and well, since I, I've been having the theme of bringing up our OG power rankings here from the preseason, there's four new teams. At this point, we're done with what happened last year. We're done with what's in preseason. This is all new. Niners at eight, Giants at seven, Vikings at six, Ravens at five, Cowboys at four, Eagles at three, and then the top two say the same in the Chiefs and the Bills. Let's start. I thought I off. switched the Bills and Chiefs. You did not. Um, those should have been switched. Unless I was looking at the wrong rankings. Uh, if those should have been switched, I will I will get them switched. Let's talk about the you, Giants. Yeah, you, you got it wrong. Uh, the Bills are number one. Okay. So I, the did, Bills I are did switch it. Okay. I, show, and I sent you the switched one. I will I will get that changed right away. The Giants, though, they moved up to seven. Let's talk about them for a little bit. Uh, this team is obviously five and one. They've been very impressive. Uh, are we starting to buy into what the Giants are doing? Well, of course. Look at where I put them in my power rankings. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? I, my tuck would be disappointed in, in you for asking me that closed question. Yes, we are. That's your answer. I'm not interviewing you. No. I'm not interviewing you. <laughs> listen, listen, we have to buy into the Giants. They're winning. They're five and one. Um, I, yeah, they how they're getting it done is is not 
conventional. Um, they've been had some good fortune, but they're winning and winning matters. And when you look at those, like I said, those other teams, the Giants defense is talented. The Giants offense has talent. We've questioned Daniel Jones. And the fact of the matter is, is Daniel Jones is not playing like Daniel Jones of 2019 or 2020 or 2021. He's playing like Daniel Jones under Brian Dable of 2022. And that seems to be a guy that at least is confident and knows what he's doing and doesn't look like a, a, the turd or the guy that we questioned whether he would be able to play quarterback in the NFL. He's only thrown two picks this year, which is an upgrade. Now, yeah, he hasn't thrown a lot of touchdowns, but he's only thrown two picks. Um, he still has a tendency to fumble the football a little bit, but it's not as much as it used to be. And that's really all it's been about. Daniel Jones doesn't turn the ball over. They have a lot more weapons. They can win some games. And that's what they've done. He's they've played within themselves. Brian Dable has Daniel Jones feeling confident. They're using his legs. And that defense, as I mentioned before, was always going to be good. They were good last year. They were good the year before. The numbers didn't always say that. And now you don't have that. So you have a defense that's talented. You have a defense that's really good and well-coached. And you couple that with an offense. That's not turning the football over. It's a recipe for success in the NFL. And they've won games because of it. They've beat good opponents. Not, this is not no more the, oh, we're not sure who they've played. Oh, we're not sure if they've really been tested. Well, they just got tested. They just played the Baltimore Ravens, who we think is a very good team. They beat them. They played the Green Bay Packers, who we thought was a good team. They beat them. They played the Tennessee Titans week one in Tennessee, a team that's now ranked 12th. Like they're better than what I had them at that point in time. They beat them and they barely lost to the Dallas Cowboys, albeit with the second uh, tier quarterback. But it still was the Dallas Cowboys and they were close. And so, I um, mean, you see where I have the Cowboys ranked now that Dak Prescott's coming back. So I am. The Jaguars played the or the Jaguars, the Seahawks, and the Texans are the next three games. Then the Lions, four games. Could the Giants win all four of those games and be nine nine and one? Yeah, they could. <laughs> they could be nine and one That's before wild. they go go to Dallas. And that in itself, saying that those words coming out of my mouth um, tells me that they belong in the top top eight. That's wild to think that the Giants could be nine and one. That's 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 impressive. They've got good things going. Brian Dable is doing a good job over there uh, with the Giants. The Vikings though move up two spots. They have been in the top eight for now back to back weeks. They are a five and one team. Um, I guess I guess really we should be talking about that the, the Cowboys at four here. That's the biggest thing here. Talking about the Cowboys now um, after the loss against the Eagles. This is a big. A bit. This has a lot to do with Dak Prescott, right? Coming back. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, the, the power rankings are obviously projecting forward. Like these are the teams that I feel like are the best in the league. But um, I look when I look at that when I ranked the top four. I, this is all I. This is all I did. I said, okay, the Bills beat the Chiefs. I'm going to give them their credit. They they move above. That's just simple, right? Because um, I think those are the two best teams in football, just hands down. Washington, or, or I'm sorry, well, Washington, Philadelphia is undefeated. I have to give them their credit. They're undefeated. Despite how they've won or who they've beat, Dallas backup, don't matter. Cowboys fans don't get to make that excuse. You lost, you lost. The Philly beat you. And they're undefeated. They have not lost. They have not fallen. They have not have a, any blemish on their record. So they are the next best team in the NFL. After that, can I name a team that I'm taking over the Dallas Cowboys? I can't. Can, can I, with Dak Prescott healthy, the defense of the Dallas Cowboys, in my opinion, is the best in the NFL. The best. And I'm and I'm and that includes Buffalo's. I, I and I get Buffalo's is is aided by an offense that's so damn good. Their defense can at times look like it has holes, but not really look like it has holes because their offense is so damn good. And watch the Dallas Cowboys play. And I know this is the worst part. I don't like talking about the Cowboys when I'm wearing my Cowboys sweater because I am a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I am also a very realistic fan. I don't know the last time that I've seen a pass rush like the Dallas Cowboys. Like, watch the game. They're, it's like it's like a jailbreak. Every single snap, even against the Eagles, it was like jailbreak. Jalen Hurts got to get rid of the ball. Jailbreak, got to get rid of the ball. Like, there's no time for the quarterback to throw. When you have a pass rush like that, there are some special things you can do in this league. It did not work out because they cannot stop the run. They do struggle stopping the run because they're giving up the running game. And Philly, when they needed it most, said, you know what? We know that. We're going to run it. We're going to run it. We're going to run it. 
And the Cowboys are okay with that. They're okay with bending, 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 and not giving up big plays in the passing game. The difference in why they were unsuccessful against Philly was they couldn't rely on their offense to force Philly to get into those passing situations. And with Dak Prescott, I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't believe that's the case. I love that Cooper Rush played well, but Dak Prescott is going to make this offense better. And with that offense and a defense like that, I'm sorry, Minnesota? No. The 49ers? No. The Giants? No. We've already beaten the Giants with a backup. Baltimore? We've seen what you do when you get pass rush on, on Lamar Jackson if you can contain him. Name a team that is more complete with their starting quarterback right now than the Dallas Cowboys outside of those top three teams. I don't, I cannot. Uh, am I willing to admit, could they still lose? Cause they find ways to lose. Absolutely. But from a power ranking perspective, I don't see any of those teams. They all have major flaws in their defense or in their offense. And I don't think Dallas has a major flaw. The flaw we thought about was their offensive line. Who's played absolutely great. And their, their defense, which we, they're great. Like their defense is really, really good. So I, that, that's the only, you look at those four teams, they don't have major flaws. They don't have major flaws. Everybody else I can point to you has a major flaw on their roster or on their team. I, I have no problem with the Cowboys being where they are at four. I think you're right with the fact that there's no one, if, if everything is firing on all cylinders, the Cowboys, I don't, I think that there's none of the, no one behind them uh, is as good as them. I just, my biggest concern is just when and we've talked about this before, when your starter comes in, is there going to be changes the way on the way this offense is run and the way things are going? I mean, go back to that week one performance against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously the Bucs have a f- fantastic defense, but the Cowboys offense didn't look that great. So I just worry about that. What we, what we've said before with, or what I have said before with your game plan is changing when you have a, depending on the quarterback that is there under center. He it's a simple game for Cooper rush. It's a very simple game. Do they overcomplicate things when Dak Prescott comes back? Do they say, okay, it's Dak. Let's make, let's, let's do a little bit more and let's see what we can do and push the, well, I mean, this is not an offense. I mean, we we've seen that offense before though. Like yeah. we've seen that offense be number one running at that style. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that's an excuse. Like, if they decide that they want Dak to throw the ball 35, 40 times, still not an excuse. They've been the number one offense in the NFL with that formula. They went 12 and what, 12 and five last year with that formula. We're the number one offense in the NFL. So to me, the, the coaching, I agree with you that there is a coaching point that is important. I don't think the coaching point is in the regular season. I think that no. coaching point becomes in the playoffs. So when, when we're talking about like power rankings right now, if they do decide to come back and throw the ball 40 times with Dak Prescott, I yeah. probably won't come on here and say much because I think they'll be successful doing it in the regular season. When it gets to the playoffs, now are you being outcoached by some of these defensive coordinators and not being able to scheme up the right plays at the right time to in those moments? That I do worry about. I've always worried about that with Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore. That doesn't yeah. change. But when he talks about regular season power rankings – whether yeah. they want to run it or whether they want to throw it. Dallas's offense is good enough to win either way. Um, and, and I'm okay. That's why I said I'm okay with that, where everybody else is kind of limited. There's, You can figure out, like, if we stop this, we win the game. I don't know that you can do that with Dallas. I think if you stop the pass, their run game can kill you. If you stop the run, Dak can beat you, and the defense can beat you by themselves. We've seen it the, the first part of the season. So um, I, I hear what you're saying with the coaching point. I do think that's more applicable as we head to the end of the season and in the postseason, then, you know, the Detroit Lion game or the Chicago bear game that they got. Coming yeah. Up. Yeah. No. And, and that's, that's without how it is with the, when you're talking about the, the top four teams that you have in here at this point, it's now starting to talk about playoffs. It's not talking about what they're doing in the regular season. And, and that's where that's again, like you said, it was my concern um, again, in that, in that bucks game for the, for the Cowboys, Dak was 14 of 29, 134 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. And that offense only scored three points again. And again, this is against a Bucks team when they, their defense was at the top of their game. Like that's that was peak Bucks defense this season. Obviously, it has not been great uh, the past few weeks for them. Um, but again, it's the Cowboys. It's the it's that offense that I'm, I am interested. I'll say the cliche again. I'm interested to see what this offense looks like uh, now with Dak Prescott, whether it's good whether it's bad 
You want to note, you want to, do you have a little nugget that you want to drop for your change up at the top with the bills and, and uh, the chiefs, or is it as easy as the bills beat the chiefs last week? That's how it is. No, the bills, the bills won a game. They, 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 won, they beat the chiefs. That was a good win. It's, it goes a long way in home field advantage. They needed it. Um, the bill, I, I said at the beginning of the season, best bills were the best team in football, even over my chiefs. And I, I claim it. Yeah. I love the chiefs. I root for the chiefs. I think the chiefs, or the Super Bowl winner this year. Um, but right now it's week seven and the Bills got them as they did last year this time. And they deserve to be number one. They're a very, very good football team. It's not, nothing shocks me with the Buffalo Bills anymore. Like they, they need to be recognized as one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, it really just comes down to the postseason. Those two teams are fighting for, they, they're fighting for conversational topics during the regular season. Like nobody's like, no, we're not. When we start to question them, when we say something negative about one of those teams, it has nothing to do with where we think they're going to finish at the end of the year. It's just so we can talk about those teams because if we don't, then what do we say? Oh, they're good. Yeah. And we move on and we don't get to talk about the best players in the world. So, um, but no, the bills are where they're at. The chiefs are where they're at. They're both going to be there. It's probably the AFC title game. Yeah. Um, hopefully this year, hopefully it doesn't end up being, or one of them is a three seed because that would suck, and then yeah. they have to play each other or some, you know, some crazy, you know, the so, something unfortunate for yeah. something unfortunate so. for sure. Um, they are the two best teams in the NFL, and you have them right there, one and two, Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs. That does it for our power rankings. If you didn't like what you saw, let us know in the comments. Let's know. Let us know if your too team bad. is too low, too ho, or, or too bad. Uh, too bad. It, it's now time to go inside the matchup. It's time to preview the Thursday night matchup between the New Orleans Saints and the Arizona Cardinals. It has not been great for uh, our Thursday night matchups. This has been bad game after bad. Well, low scoring game after low scoring game after low scoring game. Thursday night football games are combining for 36, 36 points per game this season combined. That's the lowest scoring Thursday night game since 2006 when it first debuted. We've got the Cardinals, though. We've got the Saints. The Cardinals are two-point favorites here with an over-under of 44.5 points. Uh, what's one storyline you're watching for to, uh, tomorrow, Aaron, between these two teams? Oof, what a terrible time to... to, to what's well, the obvious one? It's... <laughs> uh, what? You were frozen, and I soloed you right at, as oh. frozen mode appeared. Oh, uh, well, it's an obvious one. D-Hop's back, baby. D-Hop is back for the Arizona Cardinals. He looks ready to go. He said he's playing. He's coming out. I expect a huge game for DeAndre Hopkins. I expect, like, I'm talking, like, 12 catches, like, 180 yards, and, like, four touchdowns. No, um, no I, I do expect a really big game from him. Obviously not that much. That's a little extreme. But I do think he's going to come back and prove, once again, why he's one of the best receivers in football. Um but I, I I think it's the quarterback controversy that's in New Orleans. It's is it a Dalton or is it Winston? Winston was quote healthy last week. I know he's still dealing with the broken back, but uh, he was active and he did not play. It was Andy Dalton. And I'll be honest, the offense hasn't looked bad under Andy Dalton, but they haven't necessarily looked like they're winning very many games either with either one of them. So, but I do like the fact that Alvin Kamara has been very productive. Um, I think they're getting back to what their their offense is. Get the ball to Alvin Kamara. Get the ball to Alvin Kamara. And when you get the ball to Alvin Kamara, it opens up other things for other guys. And I think that's what the Saints need to continue to do in order to have a chance to win in this game. The Cardinals are going to lean on their defense to stop Alvin Kamara. Focus on getting the ball to Alvin Kamara so they can say, okay, that's what they're trying to do. And then you get big play to Chris Olave. Then you get a big play to Traquan Smith. Throw in some Taysom Hill at the goal line, and you can score some points. The Saints have – both these teams have underachieved this year um, – not doing what we expected them to do, but the saints have been able to put up some points as of late. And, and I think that, that they're trending in the right direction. Um, I thought they could have pulled that game out last week. I thought they should have beat the, the Bengals. Um, they did not. Uh, I think the same applies here. I think that they can beat the Cardinals at home, but they're going to have to make sure that they get their playmaker, the ball and Alvin Kamara. Three straight games for the saints defense, allowing 28 plus points. Uh, this Cardinals offense only scored nine, uh, last week against the Seattle Seahawks offense. Is this a game that like, we know what the saints defense can be. They have not been that. Is this a, how, how big of a test is this for the Arizona Cardinals offense? 
Um, I mean, it's still a test. The Saints have a good defense. I, you know, a lot of people, like you just said, you threw out the the thing I hate the most is they just, you know, I mean, not not you didn't do this, but this is what people do. Um, they just see, oh, they've given up 28 points the last three games, and it must be bad. And again, a lot of that has been on their offense. A lot of that has been on their inability to do things offensively. That's continuously had their defense on the field. That's and their defense hasn't played great but they're not as poor as giving up 39 points to, to a team or um, to, to the Seahawks or as poor as just getting destroyed by the Vikings um, offense, because that game was close for most of the game or even the 30 points, the Bengals got against them. Uh, it's, it's still going to be a tough matchup for the Cardinals, despite the points per game that the, the New Orleans Saints has given up. They have a lot of talent on that defense. Now they have underachieved, uh, but at any point in time, they can get right back to where they were. And the thing is, the Saints don't have an easy path. Like, their path to winning in this league, they ha- they're going to have to fight every game. It's not like they have easy games that they can just say, oh, man, we just get a break. Like, I looked at their schedule, I think, um, was it Sunday, Saturday? And they don't have an easy game on their schedule. Like, the easy game at their on their schedule came from the Carolina Panthers, which they lost. Like the rest of the season, they do not have one easy game, I don't think, until week 18. Until the very last week of the season is the, the, the game that's, quote, easy. They are going to have to find a way to beat good team. There it is. I just saw, okay, there's the schedule. Uh, yeah, and you look at a Cleveland, you're like, oh, nope, Deshaun Watson's back. You look at Atlanta, and you're like, well, Atlanta's better than we thought. And outside of that, there's nothing. There's no easy games there. So I, I think they're going to continue to struggle, but they're going to have to find ways to win games like this. Thursday night. Arizona, they're a team that's struggling. Next week against the Raiders, they're a team that's struggling. Those are games you can get right, and maybe you get things rolling, and then you rattle off three out of four, and then you find yourself right back in the playoff hunt, and maybe you get some confidence that defense starts playing well. Uh, But it starts Thursday night. I I will be honest. They lose Thursday night. I think the Saints season is over. Um, We are at that point now where one and four – two and five football team or two and four or two, yeah, one and four and two and four football teams um, start losing games. And I don't think they can catch up, especially certain teams. And I think the saints are one of those teams. If the saints lose on Thursday night. I think the Saints' season is over. I think they are no longer in playoff contention. Yeah. I, that's where they start. They they were six at the start of the season in our power rankings. Uh, this is a team that has definitely been disappointing. Um, and I do think they lose this game. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Cardinals here um, with DeAndre Hopkins coming back. They're a much better team with DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup, uh, averaging much more points. I have the stat here. I'm just trying to get to it. Um, with DeAndre Hopkins in the line, when DeAndre Hopkins plays, they're averaging 27 points per game. When he does not play, they're only averaging 19 points per game. I think that matters. I think that does is an important stat. I think they do much better with him. Um, give me the Cardinals here, 24 to 21 Cardinals. Yeah, I'm on the other side. I, I don't think it matters that Hop is back. I think DeAndre Hopkins has a great game and the Cardinals still lose because I don't think the Cardinals are very good. Um, they're trying to be. They, they, yeah. they have the pieces, but I, I don't care that they scored 30, 28 points a game last year at the beginning of the year with DeAndre Hopkins since he's been there. He hasn't played in a year. The offense is not the same. They don't have James Conner. Uh, it's probably going to be Eno Benjamin again. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury seems to be clueless offensively. Uh, I am going to take the Saints here in a very close, low-scoring game. I think it's 20-17, to 17, um, the Saints. I don't think this Cardinals offense is very good. Um, Diop's great, but you scored nine points. Nine that, yeah, fucking bad. points to the Seahawks. Diop's good for maybe 10 more. Now it's still 19. So <laughs> I'll, I'll take the Saints here 20-17. Uh, to 17. Yep, yep. That does it for our Thursday night preview. We'll have a full slate of NFC games tomorrow that we're going to talk about and discuss for week seven. We've given you our power rankings as well. Go check that out on YouTube at the Sac City Pod. Again, we'll be back again live tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time, bringing you all the previews for or bringing you previews for the week seven action. And uh, we just talked about the Thursday night game. Uh, We will be also doing our DFS plays for this and talking about our teams that we select tomorrow uh, live at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here 
on YouTube at the Sac City Pod. Until then, for my best friend Aaron Mukes, I am. Oh, me. I, need, I need to change my pick. Okay, go ahead. What do you got? I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Oh, oh I was about to say, I'll pull up the graphic again. On, we'll just do this. On, I, I mean, I probably should. Uh, big loss for the Saints, uh, who will not play Thursday night. Andres Pete is not playing. Um, it's another offensive lineman. Uh, that's a huge loss for them. But uh, I'll, uh, I'll stay with the Saints. I'll stay with the Saints. Not, not okay. a good look, though. Not a good look. Not good. Not good for the New Orleans Saints, a very banged-up team. We'll talk about that game a little bit more tomorrow. Until then, though, for my best friend Aaron Mukes, I am me. We will see you then.